Welcome to the Any Crack Cork Rugby Podcast, sponsored by Echo Restaurant in Douglas. So you've got me, Charlotte Foster, and... And me, John McNamara. And this podcast is really just us having a crack as we talk about rugby. Certainly, Charlotte, and let's hope it's a good crack. First off then, let's talk about Munster and Leinster. What have you got? Any thoughts? Well, Munster versus Leinster over Christmas was quite uh, contentious. Uh, they came down to Thoman Park, Leinster seemingly in bad form, riled up by their captain, uh, Johnny Sexton, who uh, had an interaction with referee Frank Murphy all day, which was uh, bordering on the, the Lawrence Delalio-like uh, <laughs> atmosphere. And uh, he, he copped some criticism for that, but uh, his uh, coach in uh, Leinster supported him fully on uh, his managing of that particular game. Uh, but overall, Leinster are in fine fettle. They're leading their group in Conference B of the Pro 14 with 54 points. And uh, their back play has been uh, incredible as usual. And the depth of talent in that province is just massive. Uh, Munster improving consistently, grinding out results. People are criticising the back play that it's not exciting enough. But, uh, you know, they're top of their conference as well. And one cannot be too critical of Munster under Van Grand so far. Is it now that I declare my family allegiance to Munster? Is this going to get me in a lot of trouble? No, that will certainly boost your ratings uh, with me, uh, Charlotte. Uh, we are Munster rather than Leinster any day here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh dear. Well, we're going to have to be very, um, very, very fair to Leinster, aren't we? We'll, we'll be very objective, won't we, in this podcast? We certainly will. And we certainly will admit that they are current European champions and... Uh, probably the best team in Europe again this year I would say so far from what I've seen yeah from what I've seen that pains me to say it my dad I hope he isn't going to listen he's a monster man through and through oh well that's good to hear (laughs) what other thoughts then do we have now that we've put our allegiances out there well um, the uh, recruitment of Tyg Byrne from Scarlet's was a massive addition for Munster Uh, they tried to get him a couple of years ago and it wasn't possible to get him released from Scarlet's at that stage but this year, he's already had 11 turnovers in the Pro 14, uh, turning the ball over in the ruck, nine in Europe. And uh, he's a second row, but he's effectively playing as an extra flanker, uh, winning ball on the ground for the team. Uh, the back five have been excellent for the team. And is it now that I throw out there that I am a flanker as well by trade? Oh, I didn't know you were a player <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, I'm a player. Yeah, I play as a flanker. Ladies player. I'd like to say I retire, yeah. but every now and again I go, oh, yes, keep playing. I'm oh, far too fantastic. old. You can't well, retire from rugby, can you? So in each episode, we're gonna, I'm gonna test you, test your knowledge, John, on a on a mystery guest. I, we say they're mystery guests; they're not actually here with us. But I'm gonna describe a player, and we're gonna see if you can guess who they are. And anyone listening can play along as well, because we'll give the answer out at the end of the podcast. So you have to keep listening the whole way through to make sure that you can get the player. So here we go. This person started playing in the back garden. Tackling and passing with a heavy leather old ball. Do you remember those old lace balls? I do. I certainly do. I am far too young. His <laughs> family had moved back from Derry, where his father had started his medical career. Joined Cork Con and was coached by Fred Casey and Roy McKnight Sr. And also started CBC and came under the wing of Miles Ronan and Brother McGrath. Watched many great college teams during the 1980s. One league victory over Shannon in Musgrave Park sticks in his mind in particular with great performances by the Crotty Brothers and Donald Lenehan. Additionally, his father was an IRFU member and that gave him access to the Irish dressing room, which he still has memorabilia from. Any ideas? 
oh, uh, this is somebody who's been educated in CBC in Cork. Uh, he's got a big, strong family background in rugby. Uh, I have a slight idea, but I can't put a name on him at this stage. Well, there'll be some more clues later on. We'll have a look now then at the, the uh, All-Ireland League, a uh, bit of a chat about what's going on there. So we'll start with Division 1A and Cork Con, shall we, John? A uh, very good team to start off with, Charlotte. Um, they're leading Division 1A with 38 points. They've had a fantastic start to the season, beating Shannon, UCC, Trinity, Gary Owen, uh, UCD, Clontarf, Young Munster, and actually winning the Munster Senior Cup on the 5th of January last weekend, beating Gary Owen 26-23. The team is in excellent shape. Uh, if I had to name some people that are starring this year for them, I must mention Joe McSweeney uh, on the flank, who's returned uh, to them from Lansdowne in Dublin. Uh, Aidan Moynihan, their new number 10, is, is an excellent player. Uh, they've got speed on the wings with uh, JJ O'Neill. And uh, they introduced Munster Academy and Ireland under 20 player, Sean French, that went really well as he scorched over for a try. Who else do you want to mention team-wise then? Um, I've got to speak about UCC. It's their first year in Division 1A. Uh, they've only managed one victory over Trinity in the Colours game. It was a very good victory in a high standard game. Uh, excellent passing from both sides. 28-14 to uh, UCC. And uh, look, I just hope that uh, they do manage to last in Division 1A, but it's going to be challenging with the uh, maturity of teams that they're meeting, uh, seeing as most of their players are in the 18-23 uh, to 23 age group and uh, perhaps not fully developed compared to some of their uh, adversaries they're going to meet. Anything else sort of striking you with the All-Ireland League? Um, what's striking me is that the standard in Division 1A is extremely high. It's really just um, one tier below professionalism. Uh, more and more contracted players are appearing uh, in the matches. And uh, I think there's a little bit of a resurgence going on. And it's very useful that we've got two teams in Division 1A in Cork now. Uh, which means that there's uh, two local derbies between uh, UCC and uh, Corcon this year. Previously, I had been Dolphin and Corcon. Gotta love a local derby there, haven't you? Oh, fantastic. There's no atmosphere quite like it, is there, when you get to a derby match? Oh, I absolutely love them. Uh, anyone else that you want to mention? Uh, I must mention uh, Highfield over on the other side of the city, on the west side of the city in Bishopstone. They're having a fantastic year under uh, Tim Ryan, the ex-Newcastle uh, Falcons and Toulon um, prop forward who's in his uh, third or fourth season of coaching them. Uh, they're top of 2A. It looks like as if they're going to go up to 1B and that'll be their highest position ever achieved if they do it. Um, I watched them defeat Dolphin 29-14 at the end of October and the player who caught my eye that night was Luke Kingston, the fullback for Highfield. He's a superb finisher with great footwork and uh, combined with Fintan O'Sullivan uh, in the second row. Highfield are very formidable this year and the evidence of that is the massive scores that they're um, chalking up against their opposition. For example, 66-31 they defeated Blackrock, uh, 40 points to 19 Galwegians, 61-14 against Old Crescent. These are massive scores and uh, the Highfield scoring potential has just been uh, astonishing this year. And you want to bring up Middleton as well, don't you? Yeah, Middleton had an excellent uh, pre-season. They had 18 sessions uh, on conditioning before they actually went onto the pitch. So their conditioning for Division 2C has been uh, phenomenal. Uh, they've played nine matches. They've won seven uh, under Tom, Tom Mulcahy and Brian Morris. And uh, it seems like the team, uh, the only team ahead of them in 2C is Ballina from County Mayo, who defeated Middleton 29-20 up in Ballina. But look, I still expect Middleton get, to get promoted to 2B. 
if they get promoted to 2B, that's another local derby between Sundays well and Middleton uh, potentially next season. Oh, bring on the derbies. <laughs> You've been having a chat with some people as well, haven't you, recently? <clears throat> that's right. Um, I managed to speak to Connor Toomey, the ex-Cork uh, and Dolphin Hooker, who's now forwards coach with UCC. Well, Connor, a great victory today, 28 for 14, your first victory in Division 1A. How are you feeling about things right now? Very good. It was a great, it was a great win. Um, it's always nice to win in your colours anyway. Uh, outside of the fact that it's the first in Division 1, winning your colours is great for the lads, great for the college, great for the club. So, yeah, it's a great win. Thanks, Connor. The players that caught my eye today were Murray Ling on the wing, yeah. James Taylor at number 10. Would there be anybody else that you would add to uh, as uh, making a big difference today? I think Peter Sylvester was outstanding today in the centre. Um, and I also felt that uh, John Hodnett in the, in the back row was outstanding. So, look, they were all very good. There was a key turnover there by Brian O'Connor at the end. So, they all contributed. Yes, it was a great team performance. Yeah, yeah. And Trinity uh, are a really good rugby side. So, yeah, it's a great yeah, win. Yeah. They're, they're, Overall, Connor, are you confident that this UCC team can last in Division 1A? Of course we are, yeah. Of course okay, we are. Yeah, okay, they're, they're okay. coming good. They're coming okay. good. Okay, are you getting used to the physicality involved at this uh, level? Well, they'll never be used to it, but we need to play to our strengths. So, I think they're, they're starting to believe now. So, a win will give them a good boost. Connor, thanks very much for talking to us. You're welcome, John. When Cork Con won the uh, Senior Cup for the 29th time, uh, their team manager, Kenny Murphy, spoke to me all about uh, the team down in uh, Blackrock. Kenny, 26-23, were you happy with that result today? Uh, yeah, look, we won the Munster Senior Cup, that's the most important thing, and uh, any time you win a trophy in this domestic league, whether it's the IL or Bateman Cup or Munster Senior Cup, you know, at the end of the year, it's something that you have a, a trophy in, in your in your cabinet and in, in back in your own clubhouse in Cork Con. So that's the reason we played very well. I thought in the second half, uh, but against the good, we had to play good against the good Gary Owen um, side, who uh, we're very familiar with over the years, and uh, we see them uh, twice a year in the All Ireland League, uh, and again we've been meeting them in the Senior Cup the last couple of years. So look, it is a huge result for us. Which aspects of your play were you most happy with today? I thought. Our scrum, uh, with a very young uh, lad from Bantry, Paddy Casey, I thought he had a super game. Joe McSweeney had a big game when we wanted it. We, we played uh, with good power, I thought, in, in the second half. Uh, we got good direction from our half-backs, and uh, we played at a great pace, I thought, in the second half, and uh, you know, and that's what we needed to do. Uh, we were a bit sluggish, and a bit, we had no accuracy in the first half. Uh, but that I said, that Gary Owen you know, had, uh, played very well against us, against, uh, against the sun, and uh, there was a bit of a breeze, and uh, I mean, they were well in the half-time. They got a breakaway try in the second half, and we had to be at our best to come back, and I thought we did very well by doing that. Uh, were you happy with the contributions of Sean French and Jonathan Wren, Kenny? Oh, super, you know, big yeah. signings for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great, they're first totally out of school now. Uh, they're in the academy, uh, they're in the Ireland in the 20 system. And, uh, you know, to win a, a Munster Senior Cup middle, uh, your first time out of uh, school uh, in your first season with a, with a club as constitution, you know, it bodes well for the future and their, in their careers. Kenny, you've got 38 points at the moment, as far as I know. You're top of Division 1A. Are you confident you can go on and win the league this year? No, look, it's, uh, it's about every match. Uh, of course, it's about every match. We start off again now after the Christmas break. Uh, a huge game against Terenure, and uh, we, look, we won't be getting ahead of ourselves at all. Uh, if we keep working, hopefully uh, we make the top four, and that was our aim at the start of the season. And then, look, it's Cup Rugby at the end of it, like everybody knows. So we'll, we'll see where we go. Back then to our, our mystery guest who isn't in the studio with us. I say studio, we're in the upstairs of a cafe. Who isn't in the recording with us. And uh, let's have your second clue, John. 
This person went straight into the UCC seniors from schools, but at out half as there were many scrum halves available. He remembers three matches against Dolphin before they played Young Munster in Thromond Park in the cup final. Selected for Ireland 21s and also Irish students and universities teams. This might give it away. Nicknamed the Calibre Kid as skipper Jerome White often switched his drink and the non-alcoholic version seemed to have a positive effect. Right, the Calibre Kid. Who was the Calibre Kid that played number 9 and 10? Uh, I have an idea, but I still don't have the name for you. Tip of your tongue, isn't it? Yes, getting close to it. Privilege now a bit of the, the junior rugby then. How are things going then, do you think, in Divisions 1 and 2, particularly with the Cork teams? Yeah, uh, well, last year we had Bandon flying high. They had a professional French coach called uh, Reg Sonnes. He uh, returned to Toulouse's forwards coach. Uh, he took a little sabbatical where he was taking it easy, um, coaching Bandon Grammar School and uh, Bandon uh, Division One Junior Club. Uh, you know, not a low standard by any means, but uh, lower than what he was used to uh, in the in the French top fourteen. Um, there's a new man in charge now, and at the moment they're currently lying in fourth in Division One, with uh, Clonmel and Tipperary leading. So it looks like Clonmel will um, emerge into the round robin top four again this year. And uh, last year they did that also, but they didn't uh, come through into Division 2 see if the All-Ireland League and achieve the senior status. Uh, so perhaps they'll do it this season if they go through. We uh, managed to cat up, catch up with the Crosshaven coach, uh, Ger Burke, uh, after uh, the Kilfiekel game. And Michael O'Brien has quite a nice interview. Uh, a, tough, a tough game. Um, I, I suppose, look, at the end of the day, you came away with a losing bonus point. Um, after a bit of an indiscretion later on in the game, you could have been left with nothing and really kicking yourselves. At the same time, I think, looking at the game myself, I thought that their pack was, was well dominant. You no, know, he, he sorted out your line out. Eventually, within the scrum, just kind of came under a lot of pressure. Um, so, but look, it's kind of a wakey wakey call as well. You're in Division 1 rugby, and this is the standard that you have to attain to as well. Hey, here. No, um, it was a kick in the arse, really. We, we were getting away with performances like this last year in Division 2, and it just exactly said that to the boys. You weren't going to get away with a scrum going backwards in this division. You know, we're, uh, we're struggling a bit in front, and we have a lot of injuries. Um, Taddy came home from England to play tight head today, but didn't have to come off at half time. We ended up with uh, Connie across the tight head, a whiz in the tight head. Um, and we haven't been on the machine enough due to injuries and that told. And scrum is an integral part of the game, especially at junior rugby, and it wasn't good enough. You know, I can't go backwards and just come for 40 minutes and expect to win a game. Also, our penalty count was ridiculous. Our penalty count was definitely double figures again. We're just shooting ourselves in the foot. No, you've got a lot of tough games coming up. Yes. So it's it's it. You know, it's you've probably got the three toughest teams in the league. I'd say coming up. Mm -hmm. So. What, what's you know, there's no there's no golden ticket like it's just no, hard no, work no. basically, isn't it? Well, see, I think we lost the game today through things that we were in our control. Our penalty count was too high. Our scrum was going backwards. But in terms of how we played, I think the two scores we got in the second half showed we can play some absolutely cracking rugby at times. Um, but we can't allow ourselves to be dominated physically by a pack. Um, if we get our penalty count down, we work a little harder for the entire game. No, a lot of guys like Adam Kent that was outstanding in the back row. James Burke was good. Darren O'Keefe and Govey were excellent, but. Our front five players, you know, for 20 minutes of the first half were outworked. Um, that you can't allow that at this level. Yeah, you know, I, we were I, I, always, I always thought that you were one good, good um, layoff from from getting a breakthrough, and it mm. took, Oshin took a, took a lovely score there. As I said, Two to rescue them, yeah. uh, to rescue a point for you there at the end. Um, well, he, he, like 
it was a kind of a boys against men situation there a lot of time in the pack. Uh, you know. Yeah, you're uh, missing you're missing one of one big guy, kind of a number eight or Jamie Kind. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Jamie's a big loss to us. We've we've a good uh, we've a lot of injuries at the minute, but we said the other night we weren't going to make excuses, allow that to be the reason we were beaten. You know, Kind is a huge loss to us, yeah, absolutely, but that wasn't the reason we were beaten today. The game was in our control. You know, we went in at half time ten six. We handed them six points. You know, if we go in yeah, ten nil or thirteen nil, that's a like different story. When I know? saw the wind and you were playing with with the with the hill as well, I said it's at least a ten point game. Yeah. And in fairness, like you turned around straight away and got that try. So as you said, it was mm. it was in your own control, but you did kind of hand the initiative back and yeah. you paid the you the, paid the price. In the the mall was a good exchange. We started we set the tone with a good mall early, really good mall, which led to our first score. Um, but then. They got a couple of malls, but we would be disappointed. I thought our mall did like that. We were just, I think, we're up front. We were a little off the mark today. Um, we can't be at this level. We can't be. Um, if we get ourselves, if we, as, as I said, if we get everyone on pitch and we get a penalty countdown, I wouldn't be afraid of anyone in the league. You know, but at the same time, we, t- we learned a harsh lesson today. And uh, what else did you want to say on junior rugby? Yeah, I happened to run into Terry Dillon, the ex uh, Highfield number 10 and uh, Clonakilty stalwart in both rugby and Gaelic games. And he's back coaching the back line in Clonakilty now. And he said they've got a really, really decent team emerging with some great youths. They're second in Division 2 this year. And they'll probably go up to Division 1 as well. And uh, you never know, they might come back into the All-Ireland League. They were very unlucky to go out about three seasons ago. Time now for clue three in our mystery guest. Who is the person not here with us in the uh, recording? So some highlights then from this person's career to maybe give you that answer. Selected for Munster schools for two seasons, but did not get the Irish jersey, as Terrenor's Niall Hogan was selected ahead of him. Did get good exposure with UCC and selected for a pre-season tour of London with Munster. Now, the 1992 Irish students team was funny, apparently. Um, Jim O'Callaghan penned a song about each player joined Oxford University in 1992 and 93 and his versatility proved useful again as he went to number 12 for the varsity match so he's not been standing still at all has he um, so he went for the varsity match and uh, rotated with Michael Bradley for Con and Ireland in 1995 but started ahead of him for Munster Ended up on standby for the 1995 World Cup after appearing in a warm-up game but against Italy, but playing below par due to an injury sustained against Gary Owen the week before. Joined Lansdowne in Dublin and also played for Leinster on a semi-pro basis under Mike Ruddock. Heavy t- defeat to Toulouse, though, sticks in his mind. Overall, the early period of professionalism was great because you could still hold down the day job as well. OK, so this guy has played in the varsity match. There's been a number of players from Cork have done that. Um, Rory Maloney, Charlie Halley, Barry O'Mahony. Uh, so he's one of these players. I don't think it's one of the three I've mentioned, but I am getting closer. Time now for a chat about my team in England, London Irish. My boys. <laughs> That's how I'm going to describe them. My boys, they are. I was a regular at the Medeski when I lived down south. I'd lived in Reading for a while. So I was at the Medeski week in, week out, cheering them on. Uh, and I miss going there. But obviously, there's lots of stuff going on with the Irish, isn't there? Uh, lots of stuff going on, Charlotte. There's a lot of interest uh, over in Ireland and London Irish now with um, Director of Rugby, Declan Kidney, uh, from Cork City, uh, former Irish coach and Munster coach. Uh, he's doing some good work there already and uh, they're top of the championship. So uh, if it stays that way, they'll automatically go back into the premiership, uh, which would be great for the club. Um, they managed to re-sign seven players uh, the other day, 
uh, top guys like fullback Tom Parton, wing Ben Loader, centre Matt Williams, all of these players have experience for England under 20. Going forward with six England under 20s, you know, you shouldn't be at the bottom of the Premiership, you should be at least mid table. So, uh, the strategy of signing their own uh, homegrown, home developed academy players uh, should stand them in good stead. And when they do go back into the Premiership, uh, they shouldn't be the whipping boys that go back down again. No, absolutely not. They, I remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were competing at the top of the Premiership. We were strong contenders. That's right, yeah. And, you know, and it was great fun that was absolutely great fun watching watching that and i have to say i used to joke to my husband that our firstborn son was going to be called topsy ojo topsy ojo <laughs> after the winger who's still appearing for them and well, 15 brilliant. seasons yeah brilliant. and that's what i think i like it is i know every club says they've got a great family atmosphere and a great family team but i really do feel that with you know, with london irish so much more than other, other places but i'm gonna say that because well, I'm an the, exile through and through. The only disadvantage from your side is that from the season beginning 2020, they'll be based in Brentford and I know. West London, so Reading will be finishing for them. I know, but I don't live in Reading anymore. It's probably easier for me to get to Brentford than it is to get to the Mavs, Dad. <laughs> right, OK, and hopefully their attendances will increase as well because um, they were one of the lower attended clubs in Britain. I hope yeah, so. Yeah. I really hope yeah, so. Yeah. Um, it, I, I do always enjoy the St. Patrick's Day party oh, at the Brodeski. A great, a great I think I've been there. I think I have. I know I've got tickets from it, and I think a game of rugby was played every now and again. Slight memory loss after that. <laughs> Bit time. of memory loss, uh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. seeing it, seeing the Medeski sold out on those days, or pretty much sold out, and I've got all the stands open. You know, if we could get a bit of that back for the Irish, I know it's not at the Medeski, but if we can get that atmosphere on a week in, week out. You know, you need the the support of the crowd and the band and everyone singing. Yeah. It's just beautiful. I get the feeling they're on an upward curve, but look, they have to actually go off and uh, win this championship outright. Uh, there are some teams in the championship improving, like, oh, like Cor Cornish it, Pirates, for yes. example, beat them. Uh, Jersey beat them in Jersey. Because I mean, uh, the, the previous season when they were in the championship, they were pretty much undefeated, weren't they? Exactly. Essentially. So yeah. this season, I think it's been a bit of a wake-up call, which is good in some ways, because you need to be able to... You need to know how to lose as well as and how to come back from losing etc because that can be an issue i think that was probably the issue winning the championship so easily you come in and it's great to have that winning mentality but then how do you come back from the lot how do you how do you win the tough games that's an excellent point and uh, i saw them playing against coventry in in coventry and what an extremely tough game that day was for the london irish yeah. pack and they just came through 21 17 that day but uh, you know going forward i think they're going to have to bolster that pack and uh, Maybe Declan Kidney will look over and see if he can sign some um, professionals uh, from the four provinces in Ireland that want to have a go in the Premiership. Time now then for Clue 4. I reckon I reckon there'll be people who'll be at home listening to this or wherever they are listening to this, telling you who the answer is. I know there are other people listening. There will be people have them already, yeah. Yeah, so let's go over a couple more. Let, let's find out who this person enjoyed playing with and who was the most difficult opponent. So he enjoyed playing with Paul Burke at Munster for his lightning quick hands. Niall Hogan was his best opponent, although they occasionally played on the same team. Mm. Right. We've got one more clue coming up in a while though. Okay, okay. I, I'm not in a position to say who it is yet. No, we can't look at the date because we are in the middle of January. And there is a matter of weeks until, well, let's be honest, one of my favourite times of the year. Not Valentine's Day, 
Six Nations is not far away. And looking at Ireland, what do you make of their chances this year? Well, we've got England coming to Dublin on February the 2nd. Uh, it'll be a massive match. Uh, Ireland are probably in the best condition that they've been in in years. That victory over New Zealand before Christmas again uh, cements how strong they are. Um, the only bad news from our side is that Joe Smith will be leaving after the World Cup. Uh, but we already have uh, Andy Farrell in place to take over from him, so we're staying in house. There's a possibility that Stuart Lancaster will uh, come across from Leinster into the Irish setup. Uh, lots of people are hoping for that because he's done had such a positive input with Leinster, particularly in the backline play. And uh, look, things are auguring quite well. Um, the target for Ireland will be to make at least a semi final in the 2019 World Cup in Japan. And uh, you know, if they could add another Six Nations title. Uh, in the next six weeks that would be fantastic as well now i am going to have to say that england are always going to be my first team in an international ireland are very very close as a second i have to be honest and the work the game that i hate watching the most is england ireland because i never know how to cheer i just don't know obviously i want england to win but at the same time i want ireland to win as well it's a really conflicted household i'll be honest that's very interesting. And listen, tickets for that game in Dublin will be like absolute gold dust. You know, you're talking about two giants of the Northern Hemisphere taking each other on the first weekend of the Six Nations. Ireland then go up to Edinburgh the weekend afterwards. And I don't think Scotland will be any pushover up in Edinburgh. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for whoever wins it outright. So here we go. The last clue in the mystery guess. If you haven't guessed by now, this probably will give it away for you, okay? So... What happened after this person stopped playing? Began coaching, like we all do. Began coaching uh, after returning to Cork. Had five successful seasons with Dolphin, including a promotion. Involved with Ireland in the Churchill Cup in 2008. And uh, currently head coaching UCC, still enjoying various challenges of the position. Yes, Charlotte, I managed to identify who it is. It's David O'Mahony, ex-Dolphin and UCC coach, who is now doing UCC under-20 team, as far as I'm aware. So, Charlotte, how's that uh, Irish referee in England been getting on lately? The wow. Big, the big heavy guy from Cork. The big heavy guy from Cork. I've managed to get hold of his diary, yeah? So I'm going to have a little sneaky read of it, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how he's been getting on, shall we? This should be good. This is the diary. It's the secret diary I've managed to get hold of. The challenge. Could the 47-year-old 17-stone ref do four games in one weekend? Friday night went well. The players only wanted one hour. I was happy with that. Saturday afternoon, Lindley in the league again. Standard, very high again. But Birchwood are too strong, scoring a pushover try with great control by the eight at the back. Sunday morning, a development team of boys need more organisation and experience than refing. The ref needs empathy. Sunday afternoon, girls under 15. Super skills, speed, commitment. 50,000 females playing by 2020. I survived the challenge. Must be fitter than I think. Roll on Edinburgh. My favourite trip since a 1991 tour with college minors. A quiet weekend, dampened by the result. The cold, my age. Oh, well done. Four games in one weekend. That's pretty good for an old guy. And I'm loving the fact that there are girls teams out there and it's growing as a, as a sport for girls and for women. Uh, the women's game is growing massively globally. 
The United States is a huge market for rugby, between 2.8 million and 3.2 million players in the US in the future, and lots of these will be female participants. So the Any Crack Cork Rugby Podcast will be back. We are sponsored by Eco Restaurant in Douglas. So many thanks to them for helping us support this podcast and get it out there to you.